0: Hello. hello i'm brianna i'm sarah and we are the, the squad ghouls. ghouls just a couple of creepy gals that love creepy things and that was a real delayed intro <laughs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> my fault you were on it i was not
1: I w- oh it's fine it's totally my fault. it's not gonna be perfect every time i mean
0: but i mean it's from it, it, it should but because we've n- done it so many times now <laughs> but it, it, okay it's yeah. fine yep. it's fine we're alcohol good. Mmm, drink. Mm.
1: Alcohol makes all the pain from the week go away. <laughs>
0: <sighs> <laughs> it's been... Yes. Yes. I, yes. I feel like all you have to do is sigh and everybody kind of gets it. Because mm-hmm. I feel like everybody's kind of living the same life right now. Mm-hmm. That That COVID life where nothing makes sense.
1: Yep. Do you want to do another Zoom meeting?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I have had... So many virtual meetings with people this week. Yesterday, my first meeting started at 5 a.m. My last meeting was scheduled for 7.30 p.m. Thank God that got canceled. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And I mean, I know I'm looking at a computer screen right now, but man, my eyes were hurting. My
0: eyes were going to bleed today. (laughs) On a happier note. Yes. I have a joke for you. I'm ready. What do you give a vampire when he's sick? I don't know what. Coffin drops. <clears throat> <laughs> oh,
1: my God. It's so bad. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, well, I have one. Okay. Okay, what do you call a pumpkin who even lifts, bro? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Do I want to know?
1: A jack-o'-lantern. Oh, Jesus, you win. <laughs> oh my God! Please excuse us for our wonderful jokes. <laughs> They just keep getting better
0: and better. We have to do something to classify us as a comedy podcast because there's no <laughs> horror subcategory. Horror. <laughs> horror subcategory. I mean... I <laughs> to do something.
1: Well, it was just oh. like me in the last episode where I was trying to say fox. Swat. <laughs> just so that I don't say something else. She wants to say "fox." Fucks. <laughs> I'll say well, there it for you, and there it is, and also h- horror,
0: horror, horror, horror. <laughs>
1: God. Oh, um, it's tough stuff.
0: Anyway, should we get yeah. into booze
1: news? Yes, booze, booze news, booze news. So, there has been rumblings, I like that word, um, about a potential TV series adaptation of Ron Howard's 1988 fantasy adventure film, Willow.
0: Opie Taylor? Yeah. Well, Opie Taylor, who turned into, like, the most, one of the most successful directors ever? Yep. Anybody else ever watched The Andy Griffith Show? Yep, I did. Okay, good. we glad yep. it's not just me. <laughs>
1: An American graffiti.
0: He was such a cute little baby, <laughs> and then on happy days, what happened to him when he turned into a grown up? I know. No shade, but bro, <laughs> what happened? Yeah. <laughs> His daughter's gorgeous, though. All the shade. Yes, Bryce. Bryce Dallas Howard is yep. fucking beautiful. Yep.
1: If you're listening, but she if probably you're listening, isn't, girl, she probably isn't. Call but, me. Yeah.
0: Call you. <laughs> Jared would understand. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> but anyway,
1: they're going to do a TV series for Willow. Which is kind of cool. I haven't seen that movie in a really long time. Willow, use it's... the
0: wand. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, oh my so Deadline reported that Disney Plus um, has... Um, handed the series order to project and uh john m chu from crazy rich asians is going to direct and um the pilot episode i don't know about the rest of them but and it was written by uh jonathan kazdan who wrote solo Mm. yeah So they said the series will take place years after the events of the original film, and it'll introduce all new characters to the enchanted realm of fairy queens and two-headed monsters, and then it's also going to welcome back its hero, Willow Oofgood, played played once again by Warwick Davis.
0: My little nerd heart is really happy about this. Wasn't he? Who was the professor who taught charms in, um... In Harry Potter? What was his name? Flitwick. Professor Flitwick. That's yeah. right. That's amazing. If I, I would have out about had that. fewer vodka sodas, I would have remembered that.
1: <laughs> you have failed the Harry Potter test. Oh. You must go <laughs> Gryffindor! No! <laughs>
0: Can we just say okay? So when I took the Harry Potter house sorting test, oh man,
1: are we gonna? I was stories?
0: very clearly Slytherin, like zero doubt that I would ever be Slytherin. Bree is a self-touted Hufflepuff. I say self-touted for a reason. Bree took the sorting test, and it came back Slytherin, because we all know that bad girl Bree Bree is really a Slytherin. However, I am not. however, Bree then went back and cheated on the test i didn't cheat you knew i took the test
1: again yep
0: and you specifically selected hufflepuff answers i did
1: but you know what i got though
0: you got hufflepuff no
1: i didn't i thought i told you this i didn't get hufflepuff what'd you get a ravenclaw
0: well anyway regardless of what you got cheating on your hogwarts test was a very slytherin thing of you to do i'm sorry but i believe that the
1: hat takes my choice Into account.
0: That is only in the movie. Mm -hmm. That is not real life. It is also real life. In real life, the sorting hat doesn't give a fuck about your opinions. (laughs) 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 You are Slytherin. (laughs) Just oh man um, uh, i still
1: feel like we need a trip to london so i can be sorted by the real hats so
0: we also Shh. i do have so i went with my um yeah, with my my oldest and dearest friend <laughs> god amanda and i went to london more than a decade ago and we we did not make it out to christ college where they filmed uh the harry potter movies but we did go to king's cross station where they Ooh. have the platform nine and three quarters and they actually have the little um luggage caddy in the oh, wall that's cool so i have a picture of me with really poorly dyed hair oh. in like pushing the cart into the wall with amanda who i love so dearly that's cool. Who's five feet tall? I can't wait to go. It's on my list. Yes, someday when
1: traveling is happening again.
0: Yeah, when we're allowed to go back to London. God right. knows when that's going to be because like, we can't they're, have they're nice like, things.
1: You, you Americans don't know what you're doing over there. They're not wrong. <laughs> so you can't come here. <laughs> this is why we can't have nice things. Um, but yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so um, some other cool things. So they Mezco or I'm sorry Mez. Oh, you had it right i did okay i'm sorry you did it right you're fine that's an exclamation point at the end
0: <laughs> oh okay.
1: again vodka soda anyway <laughs> um this weekend at the mezco con fall uh, of 2020 they had shown that they're releasing a elvira mistress of the dark uh coming from living dead dolls and it's actually really cute
0: I saw it. It's adorable. She's
1: dressed in her iconic costume and it comes complete with her dagger accessory.
0: That's adorable.
1: If it didn't come with the dagger, I don't want it.
0: If it doesn't have a dagger, (laughs) is it really Elvira?
1: Exactly. Mm -hmm. But it's really cute.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, in other news exclusive news uh in what would mark his first major live action tv series tim burton is setting his sights that was really high-pitched whoa hey now I've been through puberty. I swear to God, I'm 32 years old. Um, Tim Burton is setting his sights on the Addams family, looking to develop a new series focused on the famous clan. Yeah. So sources tell Deadline that Tim Burton is negotiating to executive produce and possibly direct all episodes of the new take on the franchise. Um, So Smallville developers and executive producers Alfred Goh and Miles Millar will be head writers on the TV show and serve as showrunner as well as executive producers along with tim burton um mgm tv which now controls the underlying rights to the intellectual property financed the development of the series um so as of right now the package has multiple pr- potential buyers bidding for it, including netflix which is currently said to be at the top of the list in landing the project so stay tuned i don't know how i feel about an adams family remake i mean but-,
1: but is he gonna fashion it off of movies or like the old school tv show
0: i think he's gonna do his own thing with it oh okay or that that would be my guess because i mean look at um charlie and the chocolate factory uh yeah okay i'm sorry there will never be gene wilder was my very first crush because what little girl doesn't love a man in a velvet purple coat who owns a fucking candy factory (laughs) like sign me up (laughs) just saying
1: Of all the first crushes to
0: have, could you blame me? (laughs) amazing. Could you blame me? That's amazing. I should make Jared get a purple coat. That was probably too much information for everybody, but here we are. (laughs) Anyway, in other news, uh, Shudder released today that the trailer, key art and images for a Creepshow animated special premiering exclusively on the horror streaming service in all its territories, as well as via the Shudder offering within the amc plus bundle uh beginning thursday october 29th shortly after 1201 a.m eastern standard time amazing yeah so creep show animated special features two stories directed by uh my most favorite and also the creep show showrunner greg nicotero yay with animation by octopi animation studio so the first story is called Survivor Type, and it is based on the short story by Stephen King and adapted by Greg Nicotero, which stars Kiefer Sutherland, a.k.a. Jack Bauer. Yep. From twenty-four. And I don't know who he played on Designated Survivor, but that's not important. He was Jack Bauer and always will be. Um his most and, recent show. Not know, important. It's fine. Un- unimportant. <laughs> um and so as he plays a man who's determined to stay alive alone on a deserted island, no matter the cost. Ooh. Um, and then the second series is called Twittering from the Circus of the Dead. That's I'm not a place
1: I want to be. All
0: about this. Um, and it's based on the short story by Joe Hill and adapted by Melanie Dale. It stars Joey King. Oh, I like her. I do too. As a teen whose family road trip includes a visit to the gravest show on
1: earth. I would not be there for that road trip.
0: Um, you should come with me. We'll go there and stop well, at the haunted clown motel on the way. Nope. Cuz I know how much you love clowns. They're I'm, your favorite. I'm rolling my eyes over here. Forever. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm giving you the the ava side eye <laughs>
0: <laughs> peanut dog knows all about side eye yeah she gives nope. the best no clones for me thank you yep um, and then lastly, we also, we knew that a new take on the Texas Chainsaw Massacre was in the works from producer Feedy Alvarez, who also did Evil Dead and Don't Breathe. Um, and today, Legendary has launched an official website for the upcoming film. Oh. I know. I hey. do not care for Texas Chainsaw Massacre. No, no I, I don't
1: really care for not it. Not my
0: favorite. I can watch the OG version, um, but you know what? The Texas Chainsaw Uh, I think it's called the beginning. Texas Chainsaw: The Beginning was Mm -hmm. the one that came out in the two thousands. Oh yes, that is the movie that kind of changed the tide for me and made me realize that I cannot watch gory horror movies. I see they don't really bother me. It was the scene where the boyfriend is getting (laughs) sawed in half on the table that made me realize, you know what, this is too close to real life. I cannot do this it just i think anytime you've had anything really awful and traumatic happen to you violence becomes just that much more real and something shifts in your brain and you can't you just can't watch it so that was the movie that kind of triggered me and went you know what based on some of the stuff that's happened to me nope cannot cannot do it Hmm. um so this is coming this is gonna be coming out, and on this website you'll find some early art for the movie, which comes with the promise that the quote unquote face of madness, obviously Leatherface, will return in 2021. So on the site, you can enter your email address to receive a full motion poster with a code redeemable for an exclusive calling card in Call of Duty, Warzone, and Modern Warfare. Oh, interesting yep interesting so for all you texas chainsaw fans have fun yes peace be with you (laughs) get help (laughs) oh man
1: (laughs) um so an awesome organization that i want to share with you all is called when we all vote because that's kind of important right now (sighs) so important in the (laughs) states right now i will try not to get on my soapbox about voting but anyway but uh, when we all Vote is a nonprofit uh, focused on making sure that age, gender, race, ability, and socioeconomic status will no longer be a factor influencing voter registration or voter turnout. Um, it was actually launched in 2018 and it has a very, very large, well, I wouldn't say large amount, but a, a really good amount of uh, famous people who are co-chairs, mainly Michelle, Michelle Obama, Homegirl, um, and Selena Gomez, Tom Hanks, and Rita Wilson, uh, Faith Hill, Lynn Manuel Miranda, Janelle Monet, uh, Liza Liza. Sorry, I totally <laughs> messed up. I'm sorry, Liza Koshy, Chris Paul, uh, Megan Rapineau, uh, Shonda Rhimes, Tracy Ellis Ross, and Carrie Washington. So it's like really really cool that they put this I all together i do love tracy ellis ross me too she's rainbow <laughs> but uh what's really great right there since they started um it's changing the culture around voting using a data-driven and multifaceted approach in to increase participation participation, excuse me, in elections. And so in the months uh, directly before the 2018 midterm elections, When We All Vote organized uh, 2,500 local voter registration events across the country and engaged 200 million Americans online about the significance of voting and texted nearly 4 million uh, voters the resources to register and to get out and to vote.
0: Please vote. It's important. Yes. If it doesn't terrify you that some counties in some states that have three hundred people have the same number of voting boxes as counties that have three hundred thousand people, you're not paying attention. Yes. So please vote. Yeah. It's, it's important. Th- please. It's critical.
1: And check them out. They have a
0: ton of
1: um, voting resources. Um, they let you know the the deadlines in um, in your state and in counties. Um, you know, and they also let, you know, your rights if you're, you know, being denied by voting and you think that's wrong. They have a lot of resources on their website. Um it's whenweallvote.org. Uh so please check them out. They have a really cool shop. I mean, who doesn't want a huge picture of Michelle Obama <laughs> in the room? Yay. <laughs> but they also have hats and totes, uh phone cases and shirts. They have masks as we all need that. And they also have um, where you can be a volunteer. They love volunteers to come in and help them at their different events. I know most of their events have only been online recently, and just really pushing on all uh, social media outlets. But um, but definitely check them out. WhenWeAllVote.org, and I hope you guys are all voting on November third. I'm sorry, no, November fourth. No,
0: you were right. November third. Okay, okay. You're correct.
1: Yes. So there. I'm, I'm off
0: my soapbox And vote so. early if you can. Yes, I
1: already set my ballot in.
0: I did too. I dropped mine uh, <laughs> at City Hall at the ballot box. And oh, 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 also sign up for ballot tracks.
1: Oh, yeah, I did d- that. Because
0: that will actually tell you when your ballot... Ballot? What? That's not a word. <laughs> it will tell you when your ballot has been received and it's going to be counted. Um, So please do that. It's yes. important to understand. And um be on the lookout for fake ballot boxes because apparently in California there are certain parties that are putting up fake ballot boxes so why be on the lookout <laughs> what's the point yep um, setting
1: them on fire yeah and, but oh, man.
0: look up um look up valid ballot boxes in your area based on your voter registration um it's really important it's i've never been more terrified for an election but yeah you know without getting on my box that's come on I'm america saying. yep we do, got this do we the right can thing this yep
1: oh so today because we're this is going to come out day before halloween it sure will we are going to talk about halloween the movie, <laughs> the movie. <laughs> one and two yes you're because all welcome for two that.
0: Is an extension of one
1: I'm, I, and I apologize in advance. I kind of went down the rabbit hole on Halloween. All good, <laughs> but I will I will keep it uh, short and pleasant. <laughs> But um, I'll get into a little background on uh, the first Halloween movie. So it came out in 1978, and the film was directed and scored by John Carpenter. <laughs> I know, we got to play the music. I know. <laughs> and co-written uh, with producer Deborah Hill. And it was starring um, uh, Donald Pleasance and Jamie Lee Curtis in her film debut. so a little bit about the plot because i'm sure most of you have seen it
0: if you haven't you've had you know you've had lots of time 42 years (laughs)
1: unless you're like really young and you're just now able to watch it you've still
0: had your whole freaking life
1: (laughs) (laughs) i'm but i'm not gonna ruin it like uh, we ruin endgame or some people ruin endgame not us (laughs) Um, So, the plot um, tells us about a mental mental patient who was committed to a sanitarium for murdering his teenage sister on Halloween night when he was six years old. Fifteen years later, he escapes and returns to his hometown where he stalks a female babysitter, Jamie Lee Curtis, (laughs) and her friends while under pursuit uh, by his psychiatrist. So, uh, filming took place in Southern California in May 1978 Before premiering in October, where it grossed 70 million, which is pretty cool because this wasn't basically like started as an independent film, which is great, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and basically becoming one of the most profitable, profitable independent films. Uh, Primarily praised for Carpenter's uh, direction and score, many credit the film as the first in a long, long line of slasher films inspired by Alfred uh, Hitchcock's Psycho and bob clark's black christmas
0: such a good film and i think we're actually we have black christmas on our schedule we sure do
1: are we gonna watch the new one too
0: yeah i put them both on there okay
1: it it was terrible it really was (laughs) it was really bad um did we put psycho on there
0: no i feel like
1: we need some alfred hitchcock i'm sorry i'm just putting that out
0: we have none in our schedule yep Okay, we're we're gonna- booked through the rest of the year, but, <laughs> but we have uh, plenty of openings in January. Yes. Yeah, we got to get some Hitchcock in there. Anyway, <laughs> so
1: some critics have suggested that Halloween may encourage sadism and misogyny by audiences identifying with its villain. Others have suggested that the film is a social critique of the immorality of youth and teenagers in the 1970s in America. With many of Meyer's victims being uh, sexually promiscuous substance abusers, and the lone heroine is depicted as innocent and pure, hence her survival.
0: I mean, who wasn't promiscuous and abused substances, controlled substances in the seventies? Let's oh. let's be real. <laughs> it I was mean, they are
1: just—they're just going with the times, right? <laughs> so well oh well (laughs) so um so to get in oh wait one note that i do want to mention so uh after halloween came out it kind of spawned this whole you know film franchise so as we're going to get into it later we're going to talk about the second film but um as we mentioned before in previous podcasts um in recent uh halloween history Uh, Two sequels to that installment titled Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends are scheduled to release October 15th, 2021 and October 14th, 2022.
0: Pandemic permitting.
1: Yes. (laughs) And and also in 2006, the film was selected for preservation in the United States National Film Registry by the Library of Congress as being culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant.
0: You said library. Library. I did it again. <laughs> it's cute. <laughs> library. It's like the R in February. I know. I, I say February. I do too. I don't say February. Sorry, it's the library. R is just dumb. Library. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's cute. I,
1: it's that that St. Louis coming out of me from my family. <laughs> it just it just. <laughs> Pops <in and> out. <laughs> anyway so i'm just gonna there's a pretty big cast but i'm gonna just point out like some kind of bigger ones i guess <laughs> so we have uh donald pleasance as dr sam loomis jamie lee curtis as laurie strode nick castle as mike myers or what they called in there as he was called the shape hmm yeah interesting it is in the credits that way i checked because i was like what Mm-hmm. It's weird. <laughs> um, and then we have Tony uh, Moran as Michael Myers unmasked, and P.J. Souls as Linda Klock, And then we have Nancy Ki- Nancy Kyes as Annie Brackett, ch- uh, Charles Cyphers as Sheriff Lee Brackett, and then the wonderful uh, Housewife of Beverly Hills, Kyle <laughs> Richards as uh, Lindsey Wallace. She was so little. She was so tiny.
0: Oh, is she on one of the Housewife shows? Yeah, she is. I can't watch those. I'm sorry. I, I can't, but I
1: just know that she's on there.
0: I can't do and it. And actually,
1: she may be appearing in Halloween Kills. I can't
0: it's do that. It's a rumor, the... so I
1: don't know if that's necessarily, like, true.
0: I, I struggle with the reality TV.
1: Yeah, it's hard. It's... I can't. <laughs> so... <laughs> so just a little bit in the production um so after viewing Compers uh oh gosh mm. i swear i'll get through this i'm so sorry
0: we may sorry. or may not have recorded drunk halloween history before this <laughs> and we're coming down
1: <laughs> i'm trying so hard I, I swear i'll get through this I okay put too much to rock in your last drink you did sorry but it was delicious not sorry <laughs> (laughs) Um, So after viewing Carpenter's film Assault on Precinct 13, which came out in 1976 at the Milan Film Festival, uh, independent film producer Erwin Yablons and financier Mustafa Akkad sought out Carpenter to direct a film for them about a (laughs) psychotic, psychotic killer that stalked babysitters. Mm -hmm. So in an interview with uh, Fangora Magazine. Yay, Fangora.
0: (laughs) My new one came today.
1: I know. Oh, i read it, it was I, haven't, really good. I haven't read it yet. <laughs> well i didn't finish it but it kind of skimmed through anyway uh yablom stated uh i was thinking what would make sense in the horror genre and what i wanted to do was make a picture that had the same impact as the exorcist
0: So it's a tall order, yeah. It
1: really is. It's a real tall order, yeah. Good luck with that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) but Carpenter agreed to direct the film contingent on having full creative control, which I mean, it's probably good that he did. Agreed because it turned out well. (laughs) And
0: he was only paid ten thousand dollars for his work. So sad. Can you believe that? (laughs) Well, I'll talk about this in Halloween too, but he got back royalties. Oh, good. I'm glad, yeah so glad <laughs> yeah he got, he got back royalties for one
1: good <laughs> and um he and his then girlfriend uh deborah hill began drafting a story originally titled the babysitter murders thank you for changing that
0: i don't know the babysitter murders would have been good mm. i don't i don't hate it it's not the worst horror movie title i've ever heard
1: yeah i don't know i just like that you know they kind of changed it a little bit i don't know I don't know if I would like the babysitter murders, but it's, it's not the worst I've ever heard. That that's true. <laughs> there has been there has been worse. There have been worse <laughs> that we have mentioned. So, yes. <laughs> um, so by um, Deborah Hill's recollection, the script took three weeks to write, and much of the inspiration um, was behind it. Behind the plot came from the Celtic traditions of Halloween, such as the festival of Sowin,
0: not Sam Hain. Yes, I know it's repeat. spelled Sam Hain. <laughs> it's pronounced Sawin. It's Gaelic. Yeah. Anyway, exactly. I'll get off
1: my soapbox. <laughs> yeah. So Hill, she actually worked as a babysitter during her train uh, her teenage years. She wrote most of the female characters' uh, dialogue, while Carpenter drafted Loomis uh, Loomis's speeches on the soullessness of Michael Myers. Really, really good. And then the fictional town of Haddonfield, Illinois. Illinois. <sighs> Illinois, excuse me. I
0: like that you said Illinois.
1: Illinois. Yeah,
0: really? (laughs) Sometimes I (laughs) get Illinois with Illinois.
1: So, anyway, it was derived from Haddonfield, New Jersey, where Hill was raised. And uh, while several of the street names were taken from Carpenter's hometown of Bowling Green, Kentucky um and laurie Schroed was allegedly the name of one of carpenter's old girlfriends while michael myers was the name of an english professor who had previously entered um with yablon's assault on precinct 13 in various uh european uh, film festivals yeah and then also it paid uh, homage to alfred hitchcock uh with two character names uh tommy doyle is after uh the uh, Lieutenant uh, Thomas J. Doyle in the, um, from Rear Window and Dr. Loomis's name was derived from Sam Loomis from Psycho. I thought that was really cool. Mm. <laughs> and then also the uh, Sheriff Lee Brackett shared the name of a Hollywood screenwriter and frequent collaborator of Howard Hawks. Um, th- Halloween was filmed in 20 days over a four-week uh, period in May 1978 and much of the film was completed using a Steadicam, and that, in that time, it was a then, like, really, like, new camera. And uh, filming locations included South Pasadena, which we are going, woohoo, woohoo, on Halloween woo-hoo! to watch Halloween. <laughs> Next to the
0: Myers house.
1: Yep, and we are going to take pictures. Probably oh, of lots of pictures. As
0: vampires.
1: Yep. I know it doesn't make sense, but it makes sense to us, so you you just have to go with it <laughs> <laughs> because it's awesome. <laughs> um, and also, uh, they filmed an Alhambra and the cemetery at Sierra Madre, California. And then the abandoned house owned by a church stood as the Myers house. So yeah, used to be a church.
0: I did not know that. Yep, it's pretty cool.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um so much of kind of like the creation of Michael Myers when they were thinking about the backstory of this uh, Carpenter drew on haunted house uh, folklore that exists in many small American communities he said most small towns have you know a kind of a haunted history story uh, you know one kind of another and he said at least that's what you know teenagers believe so he was kind of working off of that and, you know, Carpenter's inspiration for the evil that Michael embodied came from a visit that he actually had taken during college to a, psych- a psychiatric institution in Kentucky. And there he visited a, war- a ward with his psychology classmates, where pretty much like it, had, it held the most serious mentally ill, you know, patients. And among those patients was, uh, among the patients was an adolescent boy who possessed a blank, Kind of like schizophrenic stare. This is in quotations. That was coming from him. <laughs> so um, much of his experience uh, there actually um, made made up his character, Michael Myers. I was like, oh, I could see that.
0: Absolutely. Maybe not
1: the killing part, but <laughs> <laughs> but that uh, was pretty cool. But another cool thing, and I actually. I felt like I read this somewhere, but I guess I didn't really look into it until we're doing this episode. So because because of the low budget, uh, wardrobe and props were often crafted from items on hand or just anything that could be purchased like kind of on the cheap. And so Carpenter uh, hired Tommy Lee Wallace as production designer, art director, location scout, and co-editor. That is a lot of jobs in one Absolutely. movie. Absolutely. And Wallace created the trademark mask worn by Michael Myers throughout the film from a Captain Kirk mask that purchased, i did know. Purchased
0: for $1.98. Sorry, William Shatner. That's all your mug is worth. <laughs> a dollar (laughs) 98 granted that was 1978 so i don't know what that is adjusted for inflation i'm sure it's like ten dollars yeah so they
1: basically just widen they widened the eye holes and spray painted the uh, flesh with kind of like a bluish white and there you go mask didn't know that i probably should have known that but i didn't know that you didn't
0: yeah that i did not that much i didn't know
1: (laughs) um just so just a couple of fun facts about the film so from a budget of three hundred thousand dollars the film went on to gross uh 47 million at the u.s box office in 2008 uh takings would be the equivalent of 150 million dollars making halloween one of the most successful independent films of all time that's pretty cool Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh so the original script as I said before, it was titled The Babysitter Murders, um, and it had the events take place over a space of several days. It was a, a budgetary decision to change the script to have everything happen on the same day, and doing this reduced the number of costume changes and locations required to kind of help them save money, and then so they decided that Halloween, the scariest night of the year, I don't think it's the scariest night of the year, but to some people, uh, was the perfect night for, they decided for all of this to happen which I think was perfect. <laughs> uh, John Carpenter and Deborah Hill have stated many times over the years that they did not consciously set out to depict virginity as a way of defeating a rampaging killer. <laughs> they said the reason the reason why the horny teens all die is simply that they are so preoccupied with getting laid that they don't notice that there is a killer at large.
0: I mean, who's not? I mean, not? <laughs>
1: But, and then also, on the other hand, Lori Strode spends a lot of her time on her own and is therefore more alert. And that's why she lives. It wasn't because she was a virgin.
0: I mean, (laughs) I
1: guess that's one way of looking at it. I guess. I mean, that's.
0: I don't know. There have been times when I've spent a lot of time by myself. And let me tell you, I am preoccupied by 900 other things. (laughs) Like knitting. (laughs) unsolved mysteries but the old unsolved mysteries (laughs) not the new unsolved mysteries because the new unsolved mysteries (laughs) is all just like true crime i mean it's still pretty good it's fine but i miss the i miss the old unsolved mysteries that had all the the spooky stuff yeah that's the unsolved mysteries that i know and love
1: (laughs) um well and another thing that was really cool so As the film was shot out of sequence, John Carpenter created a fear meter so that Jamie Lee Curtis would know what level of terror she should be exhibiting. Interesting. That's really funny. (laughs) And also really cool, the stabbing sound effect is actually a knife stabbing a watermelon. Huh. Yep. Oh. And I thought you would like this because... You are very into music. Well, just as I am, but... <laughs> so, the Halloween theme is, writ- is written in the rare uh, uh, five fourth time uh, signature. I knew that. Oh, you did? I did. Oh, dang it. I thought I was going to find something cool that you didn't know.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, that part I knew.
1: Dang it. Well, I tried.
0: <laughs> let, me, let me tell you. I When Jared and I were trying to teach his dad how to play guitar... Uh, trying to teach his dad timing mm-hmm. L- let me tell you how much fun that was <laughs> wasn't <it? Yeah. laughs> was not fun no but yes i happen to know that's right okay four.
1: dang it i thought i was gonna say something cool I just
0: you it. No, you said something cool but i think okay. that um a lot of non-musicians probably don't know that they're like and what they're is like, that? what does that even mean? Yeah, <laughs> also, what does that mean? <laughs> Look up time signatures,
1: right? Um, inside uh, Laurie Strode's bedroom, there was a poster of a painting by uh, James Ensor. Uh, Ensor was a um, Belgian expressionist painter who used uh, he used to portray human figures wearing grotesque masks. So it's kind of cool that one of those paintings was hanging in her room, and she's being terrorized by a map by a mass psychotic killer kind of cool mm-hmm. <laughs> um ironically in spite of her screen queen status jamie lee curtis admitted i loathe horror films i don't like to be surprised huh that's hilarious that's beca- interesting because she's done so many <laughs> ah and um also has been noted the killer is referred to as the shape in the script and credits uh for his for this film the word uh shape was used in the salem witch trials uh judges to describe specters or spirits of the accused doing mischief or harming other people so that's where they got that whole idea of the shape and then lastly but and i thought it was really interesting uh robert uh uh, England, of Nightmare Before Elm Street uh, film series, he revealed... Wait, wait, wait.
0: A- nightmare Before Elm Street?
1: A Nightmare on Elm Street. I am so sorry. Again. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Drinks. I swear I can read. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> my, my, that little, like, circuit in my brain malfunctioned. It's like, like something the, does not wh- compute.
1: <laughs> what?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Again, sorry. A Nightmare on Elm Street, excuse me. Uh, he revealed in an interview that John Carpenter actually had him throw bags of dead leaves on the set for one day.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah. And that's Halloween one. Oh. Check it out if you haven't seen it. I like it. So continuing the Halloween story. Um, Halloween 2, which came out three years later, is actually a continuation of the activities that occurred within the same night. So from October 31st into November 1st. So it was directed by Rick Rosenthal and in his directorial debut. And it was written and produced by John Carpenter and Deborah Hill, also of Halloween 1. And Jamie Lee Curtis and... Uh, Donald Pleasence reprised their respective roles as Laurie Schroed and Sam Loomis so it's the second installment in the Halloween film series and originally served as a direct sequel and the plot picks up As Lori is being taken to the hospital however there is a brief recap of the at the beginning of uh, Lori's encounter with Michael Myers Dr. Loomis shooting him and we, we think he's deceased but clearly he is not so Lori is then taken to the hospital and Dr. Loomis continues his search to try to figure out what makes Michael Myers tick so though dogs, babysitters, right? Dem them, them babysitters.
1: Dem, no, I can't say dim, that. Dem, you know what I was about to say. Sorry, my favorite card. Well, favorite one of one in, of my favorite cards. In cards
0: against humanity. Yeah. Dem, you know what. Um, (laughs) Anywho, so though John Carpenter and Deborah Hill co-wrote the screenplay to the sequel, Carpenter was initially reluctant to extend his involvement and he refused to direct it, um, but instead he appointed direction to Rick Rosenthal um so stylistically halloween 2 reproduces certain key elements that made the original halloween such a success um such as some of the first person camera angles and perspectives and the film picks up right at the end of the cliffhanger ending of the original and it was intended to finish the story of michael myers and laurie strode It also introduces the infamous plot twist (laughs) of Laurie Strode being the sister of Michael Myers, Ah.
1: which is that
0: feature that then forms the narrative arc of the series and all of the subsequent films, including the Rob Zombie remakes and its sequel that Rob Zombie also produced. Um, But it was dropped from the 2018 trilogy. So filming took place in the spring of 1981 and primarily at Morningside Hospital in Los Angeles and it was created with a budget of two and a half million dollars oh they're like well we made so much on the first one right we can spend a little more money and no we didn't pay John Carpenter (laughs) (laughs) until after the fact <laughs> um And then we also obviously remember uh, Halloween Three: Season of the Witch, which has absolutely nothing to do with Michael Myers, <laughs> and it was the weakest performing film in the series franchise. Um, and then Michael Myers was brought back for six years later, excuse me, in Halloween Four: The Return of Michael Myers in 1988. Uh, I watched Halloween Three: Season of the Witch today while I was working, and I forgot. Got how much i don't like that film <laughs>
1: it's just <not> good. yes <laughs>
0: uh, so a couple of key casting hats so obviously jamie lee curtis reprises her role as laurie strode um and then donald pleasance as dr sam loomis we also are introduced to nicole drucker who plays the young laurie strode and this is primarily in the piece where um, while she's in the hospital she's having these flashbacks to her younger years of being adopted being told by her adoptive parents that she is indeed adopted and going to visit her brother michael in the sanitarium in which he's currently incarcerated um and then we're also introduced to charles ciphers as sheriff lee brackett uh, Lance Guest who plays the super cute curly haired Jimmy he was just so <laughs> adorable oh Jimmy yeah Jimmy is the paramedic that um, comes and helps Lori because she is friends with his uh, younger sibling and goes to school with that younger sibling so he then starts to fall in love with her while she's in the hospital Pamela Susan Shoop as nurse Karen Bailey, uh, Tani Moyer as nurse Del Franco, and Anna Alicia as nurse Jan and at marshall and there are a few other minor characters as well and in this film uh michael myers is perp- portrayed by dick warlock i like his name a dick warlock <laughs> it sounds like the best porn star name ever oh man I, I gotta see it. what else he's done now <laughs> <laughs> don't look it up on your work computer just kidding i don't know
1: oh no it's fine it's fine <laughs>
0: um so let's talk a little bit about the production of it so um when carpenter and hill had originally considered a setting for the sequel a few years later after the events of halloween they planned to have Michael Myers track Laurie Strode to her new home in a high-rise apartment building. Um, however, the setting was later changed back to Haddonfield Hospital in script meetings. And Tommy Lee Wallace, who served on the crew of the original film, stated that no one was all that excited over the prospect of a sequel, but then pro- uh, the producer was eager to make a second film. So when they approached him about the project, Carpenter was actually in the midst of developing the fog amazing film um and he had planned to produce that particular film but robert rehm intervened and acquired production rights with his company embassy pictures um so then there was a, a complete lawsuit a clusterfuck which then determined that embassy would retain the rights to the fog um, and then compass international Picker- pictures would be guaranteed production rights for halloween too oh gets real messy interesting yeah so the sequel was actually intended to conclude the story of michael myers and laurie strode and then that's when we saw the third movie halloween three season of the witch released a year later and it comp it- if for those of you that have seen it you know that it's completely deviated from the plot of the first two films yeah. um and it was the intention to create an anthology out of the series sort of along the lines of the night gallery or the twilight zone but on a much larger scale um but then michael meyer or, oh my gosh uh john carpenter <laughs> welcome in a, to my world <laughs> right in a 1982 interview um was asked what happened to michael myers and and uh loomis and john carpenter answered the shape is dead pleasance's character is dead too unfortunately so after this happened all as we all know in halloween four, these characters reprise their roles and they're not really dead boy. Oh yeah <laughs> so i didn't know that i i just thought that this was supposed to be you know another continuation of the story i had no idea that it was actually intended to um end their story as it was yeah um so a little little fun aside so while john carpenter was writing the screenplay for halloween uh he credits many six packs of Uh, beer along with sitting in front of a typewriter (laughs) and he said many times to his typewriter what the fuck am I doing I feel like that's me at my computer every weekday (laughs) but here we are It's Friday. It is Friday. (laughs) Um, So historian Nicholas Rogers actually suggests that a portion of the film seems to have drawn inspiration from contemporary controversies surrounding the holiday itself. So he points specifically to a scene in the film when there's a young boy in a pirate costume that arrives at Haddonfield Memorial Hospital with a razor blade lodged in his mouth. I don't know if you remember that part. Yep. Um, So that's a reference to the urban legend of tainted Halloween candy. whoever started that herbal legends is a sick fuck
1: (laughs) yeah well but that was the whole reason also parents were like well i'm gonna check your check your your, candy check your candy for you
0: well and then i think it wasn't that long it was either a year or two after this movie debuted that the whole um crazy case broke with the guy that was tainting bottles of tylenol and replacing them with cyanide or lacing the tylenol with cyanide and then i think you know seven or eight people died um so it was kind of kind of funny that this came in <laughs> right um but according to Rogers uh the halloween or uh films opened in the wake of all of these billowing stories about halloween sadism and clearly traded on the uncertainties surrounding trick or treating and the general safety of halloween festivities yep mm-hmm. night of mischief absolutely Um, So, obviously, the main cast of Halloween reprised their roles for the sequel, with the exception of Nick Castle, who played the adult Michael Myers in the original. Um, And he was obviously replaced by Dick Warlock.
1: (laughs) Oh, I I looked him up, by the way. He's a stunt guy. Oh, really? Yeah, but he's also been, like, he had other short movie roles. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, Not not a porn star.
0: Speaking of uh, (laughs) stunt guys, if you want a movie to make you... Never sleep again. Uh, Watch the film. You can find it on YouTube for free. It's called Out of Shadows. Ooh. And it is uh, produced and told from the story of a stunt guy. And it's, uh, if you love a good conspiracy theory, watch Out of Shadows.
1: Ooh,
0: And oh, Lord, do I love a good conspiracy (laughs) theory. Yep, 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 yep. Um, Okay, so... As I mentioned, uh, filming and budget was based on a two and a half million dollar budget, which compared to the original was only three hundred twenty thousand dollars. Wow. That's quite the expansion of, on top of the original budget. So at, at first there was a lot of discussion about filming Halloween two and three D um, and you know uh, deborah hill had said that they investigated a number of 3d processes but they were far too expensive for the project um and also most of the projects that they did involved a lot of night shooting or evil lurks at night Uh, and that's really hard to capture in 3d particularly in 1981 i'm sure now it's no big deal but 81 much more difficult Um, So Dean Cundy of uh, who was the director of photography on the first film reprised his role as cinematographer and opted out of shooting Toby Hooper's uh, Poltergeist in 1982. Oh, I I don't know, man. That might be a little bit of yeah, like passing up Poltergeist. Uh, Mm. Also Toby Hooper who. Obviously, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yep. Wow. Iconic. Interesting. Um, But he felt a loyalty to John Carper and Deborah Hill. Um, So most of the film was shot at Morningside Hospital, as I mentioned, and also Pasadena Community Hospital in Pasadena, California. And uh, Rosenthal recalled filming at Pasadena as being extraordinarily difficult due to its proximity to an airport, which disrupted shooting frequently due to incoming airplanes. Wow. Mm hmm. So, a couple quick fun facts. Um, Initially, John Carper and Deborah Hill had no interest in making a sequel because they believed the original Halloween was a standalone movie. Agreed. But it wasn't until the studio offered them because everybody's got a price the (laughs) studio offered them more money to write the script so john carpenter took back the job so that he could earn back what he believed was his owed pay at the time Um, because as you mentioned from the original film he did not make a ton of money he saw very few uh, of his earnings from the original film however since then he has received a significant back-end salary nice Mm -hmm. so the script unfortunately wasn't forming out as well as he thought and he personally stated as I mentioned that the only thing that got him through the screenplay um, was a six pack of Budweiser every day oh (laughs) jeez yeah (laughs) yeah
1: i mean i guess we gotta start doing that every day no man there's
0: well okay so one there's way better beer yes
1: two i mean just booze in general
0: yeah two if i have to choose between a six pack of beer and a loaf of bread i might as well take the bread bread is so good because i love bread (laughs) anyway um so this is actually the only halloween film to show the morning after halloween every other film ends on halloween night oh Mm -hmm. interesting Um, So, the mask that Michael Myers wears is the actual exact same mask, which is the repainted and modified Captain Kirk mask that was worn in the original Halloween 1978 film. It looks a little different because the paint faded for a few different reasons. Um, First, because Nick Castle, who was the original Michael Myers... Kept it in his back pocket during shoots. Oh, gosh. Um, So, obviously, you know, as the, the mask is creased, the paint is going to chip and wear. Um, and then also, Deborah Hill kept the mask under her bed for several years until the filming of Halloween 2. Which caused it to collect dust and yellow because Hill was a very heavy smoker. Oh, God. <laughs> so, anytime someone I, I hear about someone smoking, I think about cleaning out my grandmother's apartment after she died. And when we took the pictures off of the wall... There was the white spot on the wall.
1: Oh, then everything and the rest of the wall was was yellow.
0: Oh man. Yeah, it was disgusting. I'm like, man, she was my mom's childcare as a kid. What do my lungs look like? (laughs) (laughs) Real bad.
1: No, the question is, what what does your mom's lungs look like too? (laughs) Oh man,
0: crazy town. Um, So, and also the mask appears a little bit wider because Dick Warlock was shorter and stockier than Nick Castle, Um, so it obviously would fit his head differently. And as the producers thought it would be the final sequel in the series, they let him keep the mask, as well as the scalpel, boots, and jumpsuit, and knife that were all used during the filming. Um, But then when they decided to revive Michael in Halloween 4, the producers realized they had made quite the mistake, and they never again gave out props to the cast and crew. Probably a good idea. So for the subsequent sequels, there were obviously different masks that were made. And that's why they all look different. Huh. Mm Mm-hmm which i thought was interesting Mm -hmm. um so to get the role of michael myers dick warlock actually revealed that as he passed by a room the michael myers mask was on a table um so he put the mask on and walked into rick rosenthal's office and just stood there um so rick rosenthal just continuously asked him who he was and uh dick warlock didn't reply just sat there and stared at him and was super (laughs) creepy about it um and then he took off the mask and asked if he could play michael myers (laughs) which is crazy town um so the film was then bookended by the song mr sandman which was uh obviously a classic so <laughs> that was the end of both the or that was the end of the second film and then the beginning of the start of it as well which i uh mr I, sandman exactly Bring uh, me a treat. We, we <laughs> sing that to, to the cat, our kitty cat named Sammy. But we sing Mr. Sam Man. He says, Aww. bring me a treat. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> For those of you that don't sing to your pets, you don't know what you're missing. <laughs> um, but anyway, that song actually turned out to be used later in the Halloween movie franchise in Halloween H2, H2O 20 years later in 1998. H2O. Yep with uh good old josh hartnett and uh who was his girlfriend oh is that michelle williams i forgot it might have been michelle williams
1: uh, i do remember that buster Rhymes was in it
0: and H- tyra he banks. wasn't in
1: h2o wait what oh wait. that was resurrection oh sorry I'm confusing the two
0: no you're all good wait was tyra banks in h2o no that was the one at the college campus oh okay never mind i thought she was in that one too no she was in resurrection and she dies yep not sad <laughs> sorry tyra no shade (laughs) anyway um so lastly one common criticism of the film is that the hospital is too conveniently dead even for a night shift um for michael myers to be able to walk around unnoticed and kill the hospital staff so rick rosenthal actually said that he based this off of personal experience that he had um with his wife when they once attended a hospital late at night and it was completely deserted except for a few doctors and nurses um, and some patients. So um, early dialogue and the script refers to it as Haddonfield Clinic, not Haddonfield Hospital, to discern that it is just a clinic and not okay. a hospital. Therefore, it's not going to be as chaotic and well-staffed. Oh. Yep. Oh. And that is Halloween too. Amazing. Yeah.
1: I feel like I got to have a little marathon in try to watch all of these (laughs) need like a full day
0: to watch them all
1: all the halloween movies (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. there's a lot of them and um as brie mentioned halloween ends and halloween kills halloween kills halloween ends yes yes those will be coming out over the course of the next two years hopefully pandemic permitting because it was supposed to come out one of them was supposed to come out this year supposed to come out like last week Oh, that's right. It would have come out last weekend. Yep.
1: Because oh. we actually talked about seeing that on Halloween.
0: Yeah, and we were supposed to review it and today.
1: Yep. That's not happening. But people couldn't
0: wear their masks, so we can't have nice things. exactly. And we're, stay inside. Please wear your mask. Be responsible. Wash, wash your hands. Be like Michael Myers. Wear your mask.
1: <laughs> Just don't kill people. That's the best. We need to put that on our Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> that is the best. <laughs> Well, that's it for us for today's episode. So, please, uh, subscribe to us wherever you listen to our podcast. And also, like us on Facebook and Instagram. And we also would love to hear from you, so please
0: email us at thesquaggles at gmail.com. And we have merch. Yes. We have... Check out our website. We have totes, face masks, um, dog hoodies. Stickers. Stickers, t-shirts we have stuff we got some stuff it's cute buy our stuff real cute and the shirts come in different colors and if you do get it take a picture and send it to us us. yeah please we would love that we would love all that indeed creep it real we'll scare you later goodbye Bye.